Hi, I'm Michael Foss. And I'm Austin Foster. Welcome to the Method of Making Podcast, where two normal people talk about their creative journey and hope to encourage and inspire you to press on in your own. Come sit with us. Austin, we're back. We are back. Another week. Last week was really fun. I agree. Logan, oh man, he, he's somebody that I've known sort of at a distance for a while. Um, the first time I met him was, I mean, I was working at Kirby Lane Cafe. I was a server. And I was like, dude, I think you play bass uh, <laughs> on Sunday mornings. And he was like, yeah, that's me. And then I like have run into him so many times. And each time I come away with like, this dude is, he's, this is, this guy's an artist, you know, yeah. at heart. Yeah. So that was a really, really fun episode to hear the way that he thinks and the way that he writes the stuff that he creates. And he's such a beautiful artist. So that was really cool. If y'all haven't listened to that episode where we interview Logan Daniel Garza, yeah. go listen to it. Yes, please. Because this is kind of a part two because we're going to talk about honesty in writing, but in particular what we write, and that's mm-hmm. fiction exactly, and characters that aren't ourselves. Right. So the main question we're going to ask today is how do you write honestly for a character? How do you how do you stay honest as yourself trying to create another person? You know, like they those characters, this is something that's kind of crazy, but you hear a lot about man, characters kind of do what they want. Like you <laughs> as you're writing these things, you're like, "Wait, I can't write that thing because my character wouldn't do that. My character wouldn't say that. Yeah. They have their own personality. So sometimes it gets tricky to figure out how can I keep them honest while I'm also being the creator of what they're saying, you know? And yeah. it's kind of kind of complicated. It is. And we will... I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this. Before we do dive in, though, I uh, just wanted to uh, start out by doing a little check-in. Yeah. Uh, how how's the writing going? How are you mm-hmm, doing mm-hmm. while writing? Yeah. Um, what are maybe some of the challenges or uh, successes that you saw over this last week? Um, what's been on my mind and what has been taking over most of my like writing efforts is uh, cleaning up the first draft of the novel that I yes. have been working on for over a year now. I finished right at the end of the, the new year. I finished th- the first draft. And before I hand it off to other people to kind of read and tell me what they think I should do for the second draft, um, I just had to go back in and, like, clean up the dialogue. Um, <clears throat> I started it. It's it's a, it's set in Louisiana. A lot of my characters are, like, South Louisiana from the, from the basin, from the bayou. And I was like, man, to, to be authentic, I want to write in sort of a dialect. And I had no clue what I was doing at this point. So a lot of the feedback I got from a couple people who read my first few chapters are like, this is great, I love it, but like, it, it is hard to follow what the characters are saying. And at that time, I don't think I had the skills to be like, oh, I see why. And now that I've finished the entire thing and I've gone back to the very beginning, I'm like, man, it is confusing. Like, why did I even choose to do this? I like, keep slapping myself in the forehead. I'm like... That's so silly. Why did you, <laughs> you write it like that? So <clears throat> the biggest challenge has been taking this year of growth and this finished story that I know now where it's all going and 
before I like touch the plot or anything, just cleaning it up so it is presentable to people who can then give me feedback on it. it. So that's what I've been doing, and it's been it's been fun. I'm trying to keep like a, a bird's eye view, okay? Because I don't want to go back in and just read the whole thing over. Right. So I'm like skipping over all of the chunks of plot and all of just like the portions that are not dialogue. I'm like I kind of forget what I wrote, and then that's okay. And so the challenge has been, okay, here's a little line of dialogue. How do I clean this up? I kind of remember what I wrote before, I kind of remember what comes after, so I need to like clean it up and then just skip to the next dialogue so that I can get done quick and so I'm not like already just entering into the second draft process. I kind of want to distance myself to let that sit for a little while Love so that. I can think about it. Are you using any tools to help you do that or is it just kind of line by line? Um, I think it's, it's mostly just line by line. I just go until I see some quotation marks and yeah. I'm like, all right, great this definitely is probably going to be cleaned up. And the funny thing is, as I'm going through, I know in my mind somewhere, based on what I was reading at that time, based on, I think, just what I had learned about writing over the course of a year, there is a distinct shift where I stop writing in that original dialogue. And my, like, the prose between the dialogue gets a little more, I guess, quote-unquote serious. Sure. And so I'm like, as I'm writing, I'm looking out for that that spot because I think it'll get easier. It's funny just seeing after a whole year how much you developed <laughs> and the things that you thought were funny or interesting a year ago, you come back and you're like, that is so lame. <laughs> Why did I write that? I imagine there's a bit of that <clears throat> even when, I mean, I don't imagine, I, I recognize that in my own writing uh, when I've finished something within two months. Right, and, right, yeah. And that's why you need second. So that's the, the quote-unquote challenge I've been... Okay. I've been, I've been working on. That's what my day-to-day's been like. What about you? What have you, you been working on? This last week, I started chapter six of my book. Mm-hmm. And... This is the one that has some sort of a timeline. Yes, correct. I am trying to finish the first draft uh, by Mm -hmm. mid-February. Beginning of February would be awesome, but I'm finding that that's going to be a lot harder than... Yeah, for sure. um, Now, these are soft deadlines. They're not hard, so it's okay. Yeah. If I go into March, it's not the end of the world, but... We are hoping to have more of a finished product by yeah. the end of March, mm-hmm. rather than like just finishing a. In finished first product year. is a full novel. Full novel. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. You've only been working on it for like what a month or two now. December. Um, I started this December fifteenth or so. Mm-hmm. So. Dang. Somewhere around that time, I was a little disheartened uh, to get. I thought for sure I'd be starting chapter seven today. Right. And I've still got about uh, six to 700 words. Mm -hmm. This could be a little bit of a tangent, but I think something you just said prompted me to wonder, because I feel the same way sometimes in my own writing um, in regards to quote-unquote false finishes, which I think a lot of us 
have to set these things to get ourselves to a point, but then you get there and we experience what your challenge was this week. Oh, I'm, I have so much more to do. Like I thought, <laughs> I thought once I get to this end point, then we'll be good to go and I can move on to that whole section of the book and then just go forward and it'll be better, smooth sailing. Um, so I think my question is, do you think for people who are also aspiring writers trying to figure this whole thing out, do you think it is helpful, harmful, neutral <laughs> to try and set those sorts of false finish lines or should you, you know, come at it a different way? Just be present in each scene and just let them be their own thing. Like, how do you distinguish that? I think there's a mixture of, like, subconscious, we're going to do it no matter what. And so I don't... I would say there's probably a new, more neutrality in my yeah. in what I would answer. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, like, setting goals, this is why I think being present in the scene mm-hmm. is going to be the most helpful because... There's a writer, you might be able to guess who, but he <laughs> they once said, um, the scariest part of writing is just before you start. And when we have very clear, like, okay, I'm going to finish this chapter. Right. I think subconsciously what our body is doing throughout writing is actually anticipating that yep. in yep. a way that makes the next chapter feel like a very real new beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in some ways it is, sure. but but I think we can, I want to take myself, I want to take as much power out of that mm-hmm. so that I can actually just remain present yeah. with the characters where they're at. Yeah. And in particular when you're writing multi-characters mm-hmm. in multiple places and you're trying to overlap them later on or and so what I've tried to do is just stay <laughs> present yeah. and if that means for this scene I'm actually writing mm-hmm. two chapters mm-hmm. or I mean the scene won't be two chapters but if in remaining present I yeah. end up writing two yeah. chapters I think that's totally fine uh, and why it was a challenge for me mm-hmm. this last week was because I actually had to stop mid-scene. So the scene wasn't even necessarily completed. Just a, like, interaction within the scene Mm -hmm. completed. Mm -hmm. And so when I had to step away for family reasons, it was like, oh, I still have to complete that scene, and I'm having to re-jog my memory of where we're at. Right. Nelson's just... Sitting there waiting for you. Just to come sitting back. there waiting for me. Honestly, him and Sid are <laughs> overlooking this gorgeous new world that they've discovered, yeah, yeah. and I'm okay with leaving them for yeah, let them for a little bit. Let them take it all in. <laughs> I think this is good. I think this actually, what you're describing, is a perfect segue into what we're kind of trying to talk yeah. about today, which is honesty in writing, off the tail end of what we talked about last week, but specifically when it comes to writing characters and writing what they do and what they say and how they feel because your characters are what your readers connect with, right? That's right. If you don't have good characters but you have a really great plot, it doesn't matter because right. people are going to be like, I just don't believe. Yeah. I don't believe. I, I'm not bought into this story because I don't care about the person that these things are happening to. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we can we can move forward with this. 
But what you're saying, I think, is what is the jumping in point. That's you right. have to, I think, um, inhabit these characters in a way that is true and is honest. And when you are saying, like, I had to stop mid-scene, you were in Nelson's head. Like, that is, that's effort. That oh, takes yeah. effort. And I think maybe that's why we do get so exhausted at the end of these false finish lines. Yes, yeah. Because you're you're doing, like, this weird double-edged thing where you're writing as Michael the writer but also you're half inside of Nelson the kid's head and body and his things and so you're trying to like implant what you're thinking and feeling in the context of this other person so I think maybe for people who are trying to do this on their own people who are you know writing whatever like you're or creating whatever and you're trying to be honest in those moments um, do you have any sort of practical advice, maybe, for people who want to, to be better at this? I would say a tip is to start with a story or ask yourself, how can you tell a story that maybe you're familiar with? And, and there's, that doesn't mean you're only telling a biography. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm writing a fantasy right. really about this other thing. Yeah but I'm drawing from very real experiences Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. So that would be my tip is start with a story Mm -hmm. um, and get yourself familiar with the story that you want to write in a way that allows you to be totally honest. That's fair. I think, uh, I think what I'm hearing and what I've been thinking as you're, you're talking about this, it's really important in, let's just talk about specifically fiction, fiction, building characters, building stories, whatever, it's really important to be able to create something that has resonance in it because that is what keeps people intrigued. That's what makes them feel, this is truthful, even though it's a story. This is something that maybe I don't have the exact experience as someone who has two daughters and a wife, but you're, you're able to inhabit that truth so fully that a reader can pick up on that. So for, for me, um, in this novel that I'm writing, I, as I just talked about, kind of going back and redoing the dialogue in specific areas, um, I was able to, to add some things into a little scene um, in a flashback of sorts mm-hmm. because my main character, his, his whole thing, the whole thing about the, the novel is he is running from... Uh, the trauma and the pain that he has experienced in his family, specifically with his father. And for me, that is like my life story, right? Like running from my past, running from the things that have hurt me, that have um, created fear and anxiety inside of me. And as I was able to go back and I, I, in this little scene I was writing, I had an experience where I was like, oh my gosh, I what I'm making my character do, I had done that so many times as a little kid. Like, the, what happens is this in real time, this character is trying to sneak through this, like, abandoned building to go check out something at the end of the hallway, and he has a little flashback mm-hmm. to when he was, like, eight, and he had a nightmare, and he had to get up and sneak down the hallway to try and go see if his parents were there so that he could tell them what happened, and... He get he like chickens out. Mm. He gets to the end and he's like, I don't, 
I actually don't think that I want to wake them up because his parents, you, you learn his parents were like having a big fight right. before this. Right. And he goes in and he sees them sleeping there and he's like, I, I don't want to risk them waking up and fighting again. Mm. I'll just go sit with my own fear right now after my nightmare. And that, mm. that was an honest thing that had happened to me before in yeah. my past, not when I was eight, when I was like 15, 16. Right. Just like, I wanted to go discuss something. And when I was little, I had had nightmares and wanted to go in my parents' room. And I was able to take my parents' divorce when I was 15 and this experience of sneaking down the hallway, meld them together, and it hit me. And I was like, that has resonance to it. I think that is what That's a, good. someone who is reading this book one day is going to pick up on the fact that that's true. Like that happened to him. Mm-hmm. And so I'm able to take that and import that into what I know about my main character, Jack and his fears. And it isn't, it isn't unless I have experienced that and I can be truthful about that, um, that it would resonate. What we're hitting on here, I say all that because I think honesty, when it comes to developing characters, it has to come from your own experience. I was reminded as you were talking of, of a quote, and I don't know exactly where it's from, but it's attributed to Robert Frost. Mm-hmm. And he says, no tears in the writer, mm-hmm. no tears in the reader. And it's this sense of people, you are a person, mm-hmm. so the things that compel you most likely will compel yeah. others. Mm-hmm. A couple of wonderful Pixar creators talk about sticking your face in the lava. Mm-hmm. Inevitably, when you're writing characters, you're going to come to this point where you know you're supposed to write something, but you don't know if you can right. because it feels too yeah. too real mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And their advice is just go ahead and stick your face in the lava. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that because uh, in a short story I was writing, this person who had dealt with some trauma mm-hmm. in their backstory mm-hmm. comes face to face with it mm-hmm. and I knew I think I have to to a, to to be true to this character I have to give the reader why yeah. this person is feeling the way they're feeling mm-hmm. because if not I don't think people are going to get it. And I was trying to find every way around it. And it wasn't until I finally made it clear. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I I used, you know, I used the excuse of, well, I'm going to be clever Mm -hmm. and let people fill in the blanks Mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. And after my first draft someone read it and gave me feedback and they were like why did she do that and I was like dang it it doesn't connect <laughs> it didn't connect yep, exactly and uh, and so in my revisions I was able to just face face it mm-hmm. and I think the reason why even though my what I had experienced was very different mm-hmm. the the fact that I was trying to unearth old past trauma in a character was too close to 
what I needed to do with some right. of my own. Right. And that's where I was avoiding it yep. and maybe why I was avoiding it. Mm-hmm. And so it was actually a very therapeutic, Definitely. but also like important thing to, mm-hmm. to do that because although my trauma is different to the yeah. characters, yeah. I needed people to resonate with mm-hmm. why the motive mm-hmm. was what it was. Yeah. And so anyway, that's just an example to continue on with. Yeah, you're saying is like there's there's pieces of us in all our mm-hmm. characters, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, characters aren't us. Right, right. And so <clears throat> there is a point where I think we can we can take people out of stories because mm-hmm. we do start putting too much right. of ourselves, and it becomes dishonest for yeah. the character. Exactly. So. I wanted to ask, as we think about mm-hmm. writing characters, mm-hmm. honestly, there, we, we already know it takes us maybe drawing from our own experiences and what mm-hmm. we actually know and, mm-hmm. and not being afraid to address what we are feeling in that. Yeah. But ha- were there any moments when you were writing Jack in particular mm-hmm. where you felt that tension of, I think Jack needs to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's very different to what yeah. maybe I would have done yeah. or someone in this, yeah. yes. in my life stage would have done. Yeah, I'm glad you asked the question because I was going to try and find a way to bring this into <laughs> uh, uh, Yes, I probably, I was, I was getting very close to the end of the novel. And it, the novel ends in this big, like, chase scene Mm. and as I was writing it um I could feel and this I think this is what we're we're kind of getting at Mm. honesty like you will feel feel it as a writer yeah and it's whether you want to stick your face in a lava or not that's what's going to resonate and I had a moment like this where like physically Jack is running like he is fleeing his father Mm. through the city of New Orleans and I'm writing it, and I'm like, okay, this is great, I'm describing it well, but all, the, the whole time underneath, I could feel this, like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel truthful that he would be running and mm. sprinting and fleeing from his father if there was just, like, deep emotional trauma going on. And I had, at multiple points earlier in the novel, had other characters ask Jack, like, has your dad ever hit you? Like, have you... Was your dad ever physical with you? Or is it just like, he talks a lot of shit? Like, what is it? And I had Jack, because I was like, well, I mean, for me personally, like, no. Like, my dad, my dad's never physically abused me, right? Right. And so I was like, no, Jack, like, that's too far. And I got to the end, and I was like, Jack has to have been physically abused to want to run from his dad. In this way. In this way. Yeah. And I, like, like even as I say it now, I feel, like, emotional about it. Yeah. And I think I was avoiding that. Because yeah. I was like, I don't want... You know, because when you're writing, you're, you're towing the line so closely between truth and reality. That's right. And I didn't want maybe one day my dad to read it and be like, does Austin think that I, like, hit him? Or, like, you know. Right. And I was realizing that I was too... I was melding me and Jack too closely mm-hmm. together. So it was actually more honest... For me to be like, yeah, I've never experienced this, but I think Jack was physically abused at some point by his dad. You know, I, his dad is a drunk in, in the story, and that's kind of the whole point. 
And I think it was more truthful that all of the trauma, because the idea is that like the dad is not working through the things that yeah. have caused him pain, and he takes that out on his son. It's like, yeah, I think Jack had to have been hit a couple times by his dad at least. And then once I decided that, I kind of went back in and I fixed some pieces from before that I was avoiding that truth. And as I, I was like, okay, that's locked in in my mind. I got back to the chase and I'm like, 100% he's running. He is yeah. terrified that if yeah. he gets caught, he's like, I don't know, my dad might kill me. Like, I have no clue yeah. because he had in the past experience his dad for less than him completely running away from home and, like, causing all this destruction, whatever, um, for less than that, he had been physically abused. And so he's like, if my dad catches me, he might kill me here in the street. I don't Dang. know. And yeah. he had to flee. And that, that like, got the conclusion that I wanted out of the story yeah. that I was like, I don't know how to make this work. It's awesome. And being honest, put that all together for me. But <clears throat> maybe to kind of put a point on it and to summarize everything that I think we're swimming around that could be helpful for people. Um, I think it really, I mean, our conversation has come down to three things. One, um, you have to, you have to be brave enough to write honestly about how you feel in your experiences life in life but then at the same time you have to be brave enough to separate yourself yeah so honesty for yourself honesty as your character is a completely different entity than you are and then the bravery to just be like this doesn't feel right but i'm gonna keep going <laughs> and then giving yourself the freedom to come back and fix that later um so i think those would be the maybe the three things is honest with yourself Honest with the fact that your characters are not you. And then just come back later. Like, just keep going and you will feel ah, that's got to change. And typically, like what we've been talking about, like for me and I think for you too, once you are like, that's not right, I'll go back. That usually makes things fall into in place, place. Yep. even better later on. Yeah, after, after the first draft of my uh, story feast, it was actually someone asked me the question hey is she this or this yeah. mm -hmm. and i was like i wrote both of those yeah. like apparently right. i had written two characters in one right. sort of mm -hmm. and it was actually really easy because what i did was i went back and i go hmm, i think she's that and now all i have to do is rewrite in that sort of personality mm -hmm. lens. Mm -hmm. And yeah, maybe it took an extra week or so to right. nail down, but, mm -hmm. but it was actually like really refreshing because mm -hmm. when I got to the end of it and I did four revisions of that and it was awesome yeah. to see, right. Oh, this is like a person. But if I wouldn't have done that work to go change half, right. Essentially of these interactions, mm -hmm. I think it would have been a really bad story. So yeah, have that bravery. I think what you're looking for most, this is a generalization, but what you're looking for in your first draft when you're trying to be honest is resonance, right? Yeah. You're like trying to create some sort of recognition of a feeling or a moment or something. And then in the second draft, you're looking for clarity. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to resonate with what this character should be. And then in the second draft, third draft, fourth draft, you're like, okay, how do I, how do I cut the fat? So that that resonance is very clear. That's right. I think that's kind of a, the idea between the two. So next week, Austin, mm -hmm. uh, we talked a lot of theory this yeah. week. Yeah. 
stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Next week, we want to get into some practicals. Right. And I think we'll, we'll mostly focus on one of my passions that I've learned is very helpful of um, doing a little bit every single day. Talking about how making excuses is actually detrimental to your writing and just like forcing yourself to sit and to do it. Yeah. Um, actually produces a lot of really cool things. So Love that'll it. be, the, I think, the main focus of, of Heck next yeah. week. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, this is That is something that in your learning, mm-hmm. when I met you, or not met you, but when we started talking about mm-hmm. writing, was something that rubbed off on me yeah. in a really helpful way. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really excited to talk yeah. about that. That'd be really fun. Y'all, thank you for uh, coming and sitting with us. We have our substack, methodofmaking.substack.com. Mm-hmm. Go check that out. We also have our Instagram, Method of Making. You can check that out. Mm-hmm. But if you want to hear more, get some tips, mm-hmm. uh, meet us a little more, maybe interact with a community less uh, or more than just listening to a podcast, mm-hmm. it, it's all there on that substack. So go... Go drop some comments on mm-hmm. our episodes, yeah. on the different uh, blogs that we throw up there, mm-hmm. and we look forward to, to chatting with y'all there. Yep. So, And, and uh, just a final reminder, Bad Riders Club, if you listened a couple episodes ago, we threw a prompt out there, and we want to see the things that you're making, and we want to be able to hopefully highlight those things and share those things. So. That's right. Looking forward to it. Yep. Thanks for sitting with us.